Hello and welcome to TI Talk Supply Chains, episode two. I'm your host, Kirsty Adams, Logistics Briefing Editor. Average European road freight contract rates are at an all-time high at 129.7 index points. In the spot market, rates have hit 142.6 points. This episode, guests will discuss the TI, Apply and IRU European Road Freight Rate Development Benchmark Quarter 3 2022. As well as reviewing key data, our guests will discuss truck driver positions around Europe, Germany's production challenges, inflation in the UK, and how all these things affect rates. I've taken the discussion that you're about to hear from a webinar that the team actually did back in November. We thought it would work really well in audio. So here we are. Let me introduce you to the panel. My colleague, Michael Clover, Head of Commercial Development, TI Insights. Germany is one of the poorer performing markets in terms of our expectations for volumes in, in 2023. Nathaniel Donaldson, Economic Analyst, TI Insights. The contract rates now sit at 129.7 index points. That's following a 5.4% increase in quarter three, and it leaves them at 19.6 points year on year. Marianne Savoni, Senior Manager, Strategy and Market Intelligence, IRU. The average age of a truck driver in Europe is 47 years old, and one third of the truck drivers have more than 55 years old. Thomas Larue, Chief Executive Officer, Apply. France is importing a lot of engineering goods from Germany and also automotive. Okay, here we go into the discussion at the point where Michael is starting to explore some of the topics, costs, prices and softening volumes. A bit of uncertainty really in the market in terms of understanding what's coming and how costs and prices are likely to change. We know, of course, that volumes are likely to soften, which should bring down prices. But of course, we speak about quite often the supply side constraints all across Europe with driver shortages, vehicle shortages as well, constraining capacity. We'd like to drill into a bit more detail on how those things are balancing out, the data we see from Q3, and also to give you some ideas about X for the coming weeks and months based on the very latest data, which we can see for each individual lane. So we'll go through, first of all, the overall European situation, and then we'll dive into some specific lanes. Okay, Thomas, thanks very much for joining us. It's good to have you on again. Would you like to just perhaps give us a bit of a background on Apply and maybe just tell everyone a bit about the methodology before we move into examining the data and seeing what's going on in the market? Yeah, thank you, Michael. Hello, everybody. Apply is a company that is the clean the supply chain, a supply tech organization, tech people working for the supply chain. And we are today European leader for market analytics regarding data, pricing also for road transportation, but also for air freight and sea freight. But today the focus will be on road transportation as a quite quick sum up of the methodology, because then we will see a lot of data and not a lot of analysis based on this data. At Apply, we collect data directly from our users uh, that are freight forwarders or shippers, and we are directly connected to the IT system of these guys, for instance. We'll move on to the first bit of analysis, and really here we're looking at our overall European index. So this averages out all of the international lanes which we're looking at in the European market, and it can show us 
the uh, overall position. Nathan, you're going to take us through this one, but it's really interesting to see obviously rates still rising. So if you explain what's driven that over Q3, but maybe also just comment on the situation we're seeing towards the end of the quarter in the more granular data as well. So what we're seeing here, uh, so first of all, as Marshall mentioned, showing analysis and provided analysis on both the spot and contract markets for the second time. Now, both indexes have gone on to reach a new all-time high in quarter three, but we do see that the acceleration has slowed from the previous quarter. So the contract rates now sit at 129.7 index points. That's following a 5.4% increase in quarter three, and it leaves them up 19.6 points year on year. In the spot market, we're seeing it now hitting 142.6 index points. So that's after a six-point increase in the latest quarter, so six-point quarter-on-quarter increase, and that puts it up 26.4 points year-on-year. So what we're seeing here in the prices in these new all-time highs is the European carriers adjusting to the new higher cost environment that they face following the Ukrainian war. They're facing higher fuel prices, which we saw initially towards the end of quarter one. We saw that really affect prices in quarter two, and they're also now facing worsening driver shortage, which my colleague Marianne will take you through in the following section. But this does mean that it's allowed it to continue on to this new record but it has been dampened by falling demand. So we're seeing falling demand across the continent. We're seeing it both on a consumer side where we're seeing official figures from the UK and France showing that consumption is falling. And we're also seeing falling production in the UK and Germany based on high inflation on the consumer side and high energy prices on the producer side. In addition, we're also seeing effects from the climate. So after a blistering summer this year, we've got a record low harvest in some sectors and we're also seeing early harvesting, which push some demand from quarter four into quarter three. And we're expecting less demand in quarter four. So overall, we're seeing a higher cost environment. We're seeing falling demand from both consumers and producers. It should ease the pressure. It has eased the upward pressure this quarter and should into quarter four as well. Very interesting, really looking back at some of the issues we had over the summer there. But as Nathan says, there is that expectation for Q4, really, that things are beginning to ease off in terms of upward pressure on rates. But certainly, we've still got those factors around fuel prices, which having a, a big influence. And I think Marianne will be able to take us through some of those more sort of supply side factors, which are constraining or helping to keep prices elevated anyway. So Marianne, would you take us through, first of all, the fuel prices? Just so you know, the graphs which are referenced in the following discussion are available to view in the report, which you can download for free at www.ti-insight.com. And of course, the direct link can be found in the show notes. Okay, back to Marianne's update on fuel price trends. Let's have a look on the trend of the diesel prices at pump for the main European economies that you see on the graph since the beginning of the year. As a reminder, diesel prices usually account for one third of the total operating transport costs. Following the beginning of the war in Ukraine at the end of February, diesel prices remain elevated. Diesel prices in Q3 see an increase of 11% versus Q1 with an average price at the pump of 1.9 euro per liter. And many European countries have cut fuel duties uh, to limit the, the impact of price uh, increase. According to the US Energy Information Administration, the WTI crude oil price was in average 93 US dollar per barrel in Q3. So down 14% versus Q2. However, with the announcement of the International Organization of Exporting Countries of Petroleum, there is going to be a reduction of oil production of 2 million barrels per day in November, representing 2% of the global oil supply. So we expect that oil prices remain high with around 86 US dollars per barrel in November, December and January of next year. 
So meaning that diesel prices could remain high and maintaining cost pressure on logistics supply chain, globally speaking. Thanks, Baron. Yeah, unfortunately, not too much let up on, on fuel prices, even though we had been seeing some dips from the original peaks, we see fuel prices still remaining high. So that's one supply side factor. Something else that I use always looking at is driver shortages and that sort of thing. So Marianne, there's some more new data from IU on that. Would you walk us through this? Yeah, indeed. As you said, Michael, another driver of the transport cost is indeed the human element. So we all know that the driver shortage is continuously affecting good transport operations in Europe. Around 400,000 truck drivers positions are unfilled as of today, driven by the continuously increasing transport demand until now, and as well as the aging truck driver population. As a reminder, the average age of a truck driver in Europe is 47 years old, and one third of the truck drivers have more than 55 years old. So as you can see on the graph in the main European countries, so we took here France, Spain, Germany, Romania, Poland, and Denmark, between January and September, truck drivers' open positions increased by 44%. And every quarter, at least 6,000 new positions are open. And in September, the main recruitment websites platforms have registered a total of 83,000 open positions. And with France and Germany having 23,000 and 20,000 vacant positions, respectively. Shortage is forecasted to be even far worse if we look forward and if we look towards 2026, notably, with a multiplier effect of up to seven in the case of France, which is really linked to the age population of the truck drivers, which is around 30% having more than 55 years old. So we expect that in five years, they will go to retirement. And so we believe that this is a key issue of the industry that we need to even more monitor. And we are going to launch a report next week on this aspect, which is going to be on the attractiveness of the profession and exactly what is going to be the forecast of the driver shortage if situation remains the same. And also having a deep analysis also on the salaries and also on the cost of the license and the training to be a truck driver. Yeah, that's brilliant, Marianne. It's, I always love to see the new IEU data on driver shortages. It helps us really just to quantify the impact that's having. And it's great to see in this data here, well, I say great, how the crisis is really growing. And of course, we all know and understand why we're seeing some of those issues with the issues in the conflict in Ukraine, of course, being a major part of that. Yeah, so it's a problem which isn't resolving itself. And obviously, that's helping to sustain higher rates with a lower supply of capacity in the market here. This next slide, this is a really interesting piece of research as well, looking at the cost of training and the impact that has. So could you talk us through this one as well? Yeah, you can see that cost comparison between the cost of the license to become a truck driver versus the minimum legal grocery in the main European countries. And we can definitely see that high license cost is a barrier for newcomers to enter the profession. Except in Denmark, as you can see, due to training subsidies provided by the government, it is expensive to become a truck driver. The license cost is in average 2,200 euros, which is double the average monthly minimum grocery, notably, as you can see in France, with a license cost of around 5200 to become a driver. Yeah. Thanks very much for that, Marianne. That's really interesting to understand how that side of things is developing. We'll now dive in, I think, to some specific lanes and take a look at what's going on there. So first of all, we'll take a look at the Madrid-Paris lane, one of our higher volume lanes that we cover. And we can see here steep increases, but starting to level off a bit there in the last quarter. Nathan, would you take us through this one? 
again, we're seeing between Madrid and Paris, we're seeing all prices on this 1,270 kilometre journey hitting new all-time highs. And so when we're looking on the head hop into Paris, we're seeing that contract prices are now reaching an average of 1,570 euros. Now that's an increase of 2.7% quarter on quarter. The spot market will see an average of 1,899 euros per journey. And that's up 1.4% increase quarter on quarter. And now 33.4% year on year. If we look on the opposite direction, we're looking on the back hall into Madrid. The contract rates reach an average of 1,400 euros per journey. And then that's 1.8% increase quarter on quarter now up 9.8% year on year, while the spot rates average 1,656 euros per journey. That's a 7.6% increase quarter on quarter, which puts them up 7.1% year on year. So what we're seeing now in this market as well is that the spot rates increase 1.8 times faster than the European average, four times faster than the contract rates on the, this journey, which means that we're seeing the divergence between the two markets on this lane. And interestingly, what we're now seeing, so data from September shows the first signs of rates actually falling back down and rates fell by 1.3% into and 6.7% into Madrid. Now, what we're seeing here is easing pressure on the demand side. So after starting the year quite strongly, the French economy is showing signs of weakening. So the national statistics body showing a 4.2% year-on-year fall for the demand of food goods in France, while we're seeing it now below pre-pandemic level. And on the other side, we're also seeing, as I mentioned, the effect of the climate where Spanish agricultural sector has actually suffered in some areas the driest summer for over 1,200 years. The wine harvest in both countries we harvested earlier. So we saw some demand from quarter four pushed into quarter three. And we're also seeing the Andalusian olive harvest to be around less than half of its five-year average. Again, we're predicting less demand from the agricultural sector and also with the wider production sector, wider industry seeing higher production prices, we can expect a softened demand for road freight in quarter four. Okay, thanks, Nathan. Always interesting to hear more about the details behind each of the lanes and what's really driving demand. Marianne, here we're looking on a Germany-Poland lane, Duisburg-Warsaw. Would you talk us through this one? Yeah, sure. As you can see on the graph clearly, all prices on this route have once again been pushed up to new all-time. On the headhold towards Duisburg, contract rates sat at 1.4 euro per journey in Q3. This is an increase of 8% quarter-on-quarter and 30% increase on year. In the spot market rates uh, on this route, it reached 1.7 euro per journey, 5% quarter-on-quarter and 21% year-on-year. And on the backhaul, Q3 contract rates into so averaged 1 euro, an increase of 4% quarter on quarter and 9% year on year. So finally, the backhaul spot market saw journey prices reaching 1.4 euro, an increase of 5% quarter on quarter and 11% year on year. Spot rates are now 23% more expensive than contract from Duisburg to Warsaw. This is one of the largest differences in Europe. Germany's manufacturing sector faces an extremely difficult situation, notably dealing with the growing energy costs and the energy supply uncertainties. And this is pushing Germany's manufacturing into decline, with a manufacturing PMI falling to an average of 48 in Q3, so meaning a five points drop quarter on quarter. This is the first clear sign that the German industry will begin to demand less and less road freight as its factories demand fewer outputs and produce fewer intermediate and finished goods, knowing that the metal products uh, represent the key uh, product exchange on, on this lane. And on the other side, 
the Polish economy is showing clear sign of a slowdown. The country's PMI reached a 27-month low in August. Export orders are also falling, with ING reporting that surveyed companies link this to the weaker demand. However, the actual output of the Polish economy remains resilient, with the production of, for example, more vehicles, trailers and semi-trailers increasing 40% year-on-year. So we can expect a, a struggling German economy to demand fewer Polish finished intermediary goods in Q4, but a resilient Polish economy means that the demand destruction on this lane is unlikely in the coming quarter, as a conclusion. Thanks, Marianne. Yes, that's a big challenge in terms of demand in the German market. Our TI's um, road freight forecast, which won't be coming out for a week or two just yet, but Germany is one of the poorer performing markets in terms of our expectations for volumes in, in 2023 there. And I think it's echoed by a lot of the data that you're pointing out there as well. So I think we'd expect to see rates seriously softening over the coming few quarters on this particular lane and across Germany, really. But continuing really with the theme of the German market, but this time looking at international lanes to France, there's another, another picture here for Thomas, you wouldn't mind taking us through this one? Yeah, of course. So here we can see uh, on this uh, specific corridor and mainly from Germany to France, where we have very strong increase, it's the biggest one, one of the biggest one that we can see in Europe. Year, uh, from one year to another, we are up by 28 percent between Germany and France. It's a bit less on the other way around, but this is still a high increase. And of course, this is linked with the general economy level of both France and Germany. Uh, the IMF, for instance, is forecasting an increase of the GDP, general, uh, the GDP in France plus 0.4% next year, while it forecasts a decrease of GDP, so a technical recession for fair Germany. And we see from the graph that since the COVID, the French economy is better off than Germany. And so the demand of the goods that are produced in Germany from France is higher. This is why the increase of prices is more tipped in this side than the, uh, than the other. Some forecasting for next quarter, because we start to see the first data from the month of, uh, we, we saw the, the month of, uh, of October, and we start to see the new data for November. We have clearly a decrease of price, or at least the price won't go up that way. And this is mainly linked with the economy, of course. France is importing a lot of engineering goods from Germany and also automotive goods. And even if the demand for cars and automotive parts is better up right now than it was in the previous months, this is still at a very low level. And this is why we anticipate and we forecast a decrease of price in these two corridors from Germany and Germany to France in the following months. The decrease, we won't go down to the level of the beginning of the year, for instance, uh, but there will be a slow uh, decrease. For French economy, providing some needed stimulation, really, for the overall situation there, but obviously yeah, with fuel prices still high, we're still expecting to see rates relatively high. We'll turn now to one of the more dramatic um, markets over the last few quarters, as you can see from the chart here, which is UK lanes. Nathan, would you just walk us through what's going on here? Thank you, Michael. Yeah, so this one is an interesting one. The export lanes, we're seeing that prices continue to reach all-time highs. We're actually seeing evidence of import rates falling back down. So the import lanes, the British import lanes, experience Europe's largest rate falls, quarter three. Prices on the export lanes actually increased one and a half times the European average rates. On the GB export lanes reached 132.8 points. Now that's an 8.2 point increase quarter on quarter, and that puts them still up 22.6 points year on year. Spot rates on the export lanes reached 157.1 points. 
Uh, now that's up 8.5 points quarter on quarter and a significant 38.6 points year on year. And looking at the import lanes, contract prices fell by 1.2 points quarter on quarter down to 130 points. Uh, but they are still up 5.7 points year on year. And then the spot market on import lanes fell by two points down to 149.7 points, but that does still put it up 15.4 points year on year. So what we're seeing from the British economy is that ONS data shows that consumption has been on a downward trend throughout 2022. And the seasonally adjusted volume of retail sales, excluding fuel, is down 5.3 points year on year at this point. The UK faced uh, a worsening cost of living crisis and it's putting pressures on more pressure on consumers. Uh, so we can expect this to continue. While the rise in fuel prices has eased in the UK, food is now the biggest contributor to UK inflation rate, with ONS saying that it's now sitting at 8.8% um, for the average consumer. The UK's production volumes has also been on a downward trend as well. So it's actually only grown one single month during 2020, sorry, 2022. And the UK's production volume fell eight, 1.8 points in August. Uh, so that's actually the largest drop in 14 months. And at the same time, UK producers face higher cost pressures. So their energy costs in the UK are up 500% year on year for consumers with a 64.2% increase in August alone. So we can expect that we're going to see less pressure from both consumers and producers with signs that export lanes are also seeing small falls in recent months. So lower pressure from both consumers and producers in the UK economy. Yeah, and I'm afraid the outlook for demand in the UK market is not looking very strong. The Bank of England's assessment of the situation this morning is for a two-year recession in the UK. The uh, pressure from demand side factors is likely to be very limited in the upper direction of rates over the coming period. Though obviously there are also serious supply side constraints in the UK as well with driver shortages and probably the most acute in Europe. Moving on, I suppose, from the UK situation onto the Austrian road freight markets, particularly looking at these sort of obviously the international lanes here. And this was a really interesting lane in Q3, just we saw some of the biggest in increases here. And this really is driven by what we saw as a basically a fuel crisis in in Austria. Obviously, there's the wider European fuel crisis and fuel price crisis we've seen from the Ukraine conflict. But in Austria, we also saw some very particular problems around refinery in Vienna, which was reduced to 20% capacity for a prolonged period during the quarter, which really did push up prices. And we saw you know, fuel surcharges go up and hot rates rise dramatically as well. The Austrian government did, though, release hundreds of thousands of litres of diesel from their reserves, which helped to alleviate that somewhat. But I was looking at the data this morning on Austria and rate prices are still very high in terms of fuel prices. They haven't really softened too much from their peak during the, that crisis. That's really what's been driving issues in the Austrian markets. It's not an area of the report's coverage that we cover too much on the webinar, but really interesting. Look at there, we'd expect uh, with those fuel prices remaining relatively high, prices to remain elevated, even if demand is softening as it is across many other European countries. And we'll move on to our final slide in terms of data. Anyway, here, this is one of our domestic rate indexes here, showing the situation in France. And as we mentioned earlier, obviously the French economy is performing much better than almost any other market, certainly any other large economy in Europe. Maybe a different story here. Thomas, could you walk us through it? For French economy, we talk about it quite good uh, economies since the COVID because of a lot of uh, subsidies from the government. We are more, France is less impacted also by the uh, the energy crisis. We are less dependent uh, on gas than uh, Germany on other like. Once again, the coming months will be quite complicated for all uh, economies in Europe and France also. I will just quote two figures that uh, are quite funny, I think. It's from uh, last report, Cantar report, that detailed the consumption of French uh, customers on charcuterie and cheese. These two figures are 
the consumption of charcuterie is dropped by 33% on the last quarter and the cheese one by down by 26%. And when French are not consuming charcuterie or cheese, this is not a good news. Uh, <laughs> so we need to monitor that and to have a look. But clearly, this is a, a sign that uh, the consumption is going down. Uh, the, it will be the case for the following months. Of course, we have the same issue in France where we have a driver shortage and population of drivers in France, French drivers, they are the, the oldest one in Europe also. So the impact will be even worse in, in France. So we need to have a look on that. Demand that will be low, offer that is still low. So the prices will stabilize or go down a bit, but this won't be a sharp decrease of prices for sure. There's a question here, which is asking what initiatives are being done across Europe to help alleviate uh, the sort of demographic crisis in drivers, which I wonder if you could address directly. Yeah. So for the mobility package, so we are still at the beginning of the implementation in Europe. Only six countries have finalized the implementation of the mobility package regulation. So it is still difficult to make the assessment of the impact of the cost that we know are going to be mainly on the first stage on the administrative aspect because there is this big new rule, which is about the posting of driver's rules. So you need to indeed post the drivers on a specific platform, and this is going to, for sure, have an impact in terms of administrative costs. As of today, only six countries, as I said, have implemented the new rules. Many initiatives are today ongoing. First one is about the access to the profession for the young ones, meaning to make it possible for all persons to join. In Europe, it is not fully harmonized today. The European Directive License Revision is going to be finalized at the end of the year, and we are pushing from our side and with our members to make the minimum age to access a profession at 18, making it possible for this population to join, to attract them. So maybe in a way, make the profession more attractive and interesting for the young. A lot of things are happening from our road transport national associations on the side, but also from a corporate side. So I, I can give, for example, what is doing the Spanish National Association, for example, having a program which is called Higher Level Education, which is in fact kind of training for the apprentices that is allowing the trainee to make their apprenticeship in the company. We hope that it is going to, to create a momentum and the possibility for the young to join, to be interested and so the, to mitigate in a way the wave of retirement, which is going to come in the next years. Thank you, Marianne. Now, there's a few questions here as well about countries that aren't covered in the presentation. Of course, Blythe data set is much broader than the ones we picked out here. We've just picked out some highlights. So if you want to see more data, do get in touch with the apply team. You'll be able to see the wider data. So if you want data from the Netherlands, for instance, there's plenty behind that. I think another group of questions trying to group them together in the interest of time here we're seeing is a lot of people asking about the outlook for the 2023, looking ahead to Q1 as well. I think we've tried to mention as much as we can how we're seeing pricing changing for Q4 and the trend we're seeing in the very latest data generally TI is expecting really demand to soften across most of Europe next year and consequently we're expecting rates to soften as well so we would generally across most lanes expect rates to, to decline though with fuel prices still high we're probably not going to see those dropping down to the kind of levels we saw before the Ukraine crisis including fuel and fuel surcharges in that. Thomas, do you have a view on a sort of more general level about rate development over 2023 that you'd like to share? Looking at the Q&A uh, once again, and we received more than mm -hmm. 50 questions. So sorry, guys, but we won't be able to answer to all of them. But of course, the data that we have seen here are past data for Q3. Q3 was uh, ended uh, so, so, some weeks ago. If we look at the coming quarter and the coming months, 
From my point of view, we will have the prices that will keep at a high level, maybe increase a bit more up to the end of the year for the peak season. But the structure of the demand will be lower. If we look at what is going on the sea freight market, so of course, the structure is not the same, but sea freight rates are decreasing sharply. There was like a bubble in the sea freight industry. So this is not exactly the same, not at all. But we anticipate to have a decrease in prices, a slower down of prices, let's say. But prices will stay at a high level. The simple reason that offer of transportation, because of the mobility package, because of driver shortage, because of many others points, will be low. So offer will still be low. People are trying to do as what they can to bring new people on the driver side, let's say. But this won't be resolved in 2023. So from our point of view at Applied, we anticipate rates to stay at a high level, but we won't see big increase as we have seen. Yeah, very interesting. A few of the other questions are trying to drill into the issues around costs still increasing across most of Europe. Obviously, we're in a pretty high inflationary environment. We're seeing high fuel prices, labour costs increasing due to the cost of all other sort of smaller cost components of road freight operation, whether it's tyres, tolls going up across Europe as well, maintenance costs, all these things increasing. So we do have a very interesting dynamic in the market now where even though we're seeing volumes drop, those costs are going up and that does mean that rates aren't unlikely to drop in the way that you might expect if you're just looking at the demand side of the market. It's a very obviously very complex thing to for us to try and do, but obviously the data here is trying to help us do that as much as possible. And Michael, if I just comment on that, something that is quite new on the market, on the road transportation market, is this volatility. And I think that we will see this kind of volatility in the coming quarters and years, maybe not at a European level, but we have more and more because of increase of cost, because of demand that can be very diverse between countries and because of legal rigidity that are put on the market. We can expect to have a bumpy market with increase of spot rates that can be very high, while the contractual will be different. And this is the year to come will be quite bumpy. I think this is a good world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's one of the really interesting things being able to look now at across spot and contract rates in detail with all the data sets as well, really. If we take that example of the Austrian market that we looked at earlier, we can see that differential coming through really in the market and see how those diesel prices are affecting us. There's an, another question here just about that differential on spot and, and contract rates. And I know, Nathan, you've been looking at a lot of that while you've been going through the analysis. Do you have any general comments on the differential and how that's changing between spot and contract rates at the moment? I would say that one thing that we have seen is we've seen large rises both markets now likely because they're in the contract markets the contracts pricing the increase in fuel we're seeing those priced in, in, in a lot of contracts with surcharges so that is also very susceptible to the rises in fuel that we're seeing we can expect that the spot market is probably going to be more susceptible to the man side effects that we're seeing where this is, might have been putting a lot of pressure on throughout the year so we might see that actually the fall in demand in some areas will be reflected in the spot market but across the board both are very susceptible to the high fuel rates and the volatile fuel rates so we can kept high by any continued high rates into the quarter of the new year okay so that was some very key data back to back thank you to all of today's guests we'll continue to report on these topics at ti insights so do stay in touch i highly recommend signing up to our regular newsletter logistics briefing the link is in the show notes If you have any questions about the data and analysis which our guests have discussed today, you can contact them directly. All contact details are in the, you guessed it, the show notes.
In the next episode of TI Talk Supply Chains, we'll be discussing our mid-year market sizing projections for 2023. We look forward to catching up with you then. Bye for now.